You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Carissa. And today is the last of our podcasts for 2022, which is pretty exciting as far as us knowing that that means we're going to be on holiday soon. So today we are going to be wrapping up 2022 by talking about how to prioritize health in 2023. We we actually were thinking about just doing a bit of a wrap up of the year, but we thought this would be a lot more valuable for you as a listener to talk about what can be those really pivotal 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 points that we can share with you when you're going into a new year where you're often really amped up to make change as the new year rolls in with resolutions and and so forth but we want to talk about what you can really do to make it a priority and see proper long-lasting results which is what we're all about at JCN so good time of the year to talk about it it is So we have a hit list and we'll dive in. What we're going to talk about first is, which I I believe this is, well, all all of our points today are very important, but the first is something that you would have heard us say numerous times and is the absolute core of anything sort of flowing from there. So the first is really understanding that you need to have a good core foundation you need to lay good foundations first which involves new habits which we'll be talking about as we go through too but really that core foundation of health before you try to eventuate into further changes particularly you know, with, with nutrition and food in general, but even beyond. Um, yeah. So do you want to, do you want to talk a bit first, Rissy, about the, what we mean by that, even though I know there's lots of listeners that are like, I know what you girls are talking about when <laughs> you mentioned foundations, but what are, what are we trying to get people to understand first and foremost before they try to do the fancy other stuff? Yeah. Um, so Good question, Jessica. Um, So I feel like, and I know you will 100% align with this, I feel like, and I feel like a lot of people are really focused on the end game. And I think a lot of people are really focused on the fancy. And I think that gets them lost in the noise. And I think that the noise is fine if like, and I call the gray matter and all the fluff around the edges and all of that. But if you don't have the foundational stuff in place, that is something that I feel like is not even is goes beyond habit. It's just lifestyle for you. Um, If you don't have that, then realistically all the extra fancy stuff is, you know, not is something that's going to be so much harder to achieve or it's just going to get in the way of making progress. So the foundational stuff for us is obviously um, is food first and foremost, um, movement, um, stress management, um, and actually like allowing and having time to do all of this stuff. Like I think a lot of people, um, like I don't know really the right way to say it, but I think um, coming into obviously wanting to work on your health and work on your well-being and everything like that, I think sometimes there is a bit of a, oh, this is only going to take me a month to do or this is only going to take me two months to do and everything's going to be fine. And I really want to, I talk to a lot of my clients about this is like a lifestyle change and it's a process that you then use for the rest of your life. And all of that's foundational stuff like movement, rest, food, stress management, it all it's all part of it, but you have to be able to be like willing to make time for all of it. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. And I think when it comes to the food side of things, 
again, long-term listeners would know what we mean by this, but you really need to be at a point where you have laid the foundations of a good whole food diet and you understand the basics of macronutrients, uh, getting your protein, your fats, your carbohydrates with your meals on a daily basis, understanding that you need to be eating a good abundant amount of vegetables, a variety of whole grains, legumes, nuts, seeds, enough fiber, just good hydration. The stuff that we know isn't sexy and isn't like the kind of quick sell stuff, but it is the core of what makes up health. There's no point, as Chris was saying, in getting hung up on like the more sort of fanciest stuff that's out there and thinking right next year 2023 I'm gonna like I'm gonna buy the new this new cool detox that's out on the market or I'm gonna do like a juice cleanse or god knows what if you don't have first a good foundation of understanding eating well on a daily basis as a basic habit um yeah without that the the wheels are going to fall off yeah and I think sometimes too like that again like I think the big thing is is that you're right it doesn't sound sexy and I know we talk about this a lot but I am blown away by the amount of clients that I have um sometimes it comes in ebbs and flows that yeah they really struggle with this and it's a big slap in the face for Mm. me as a practitioner sometimes because things that I are so ingrained into my daily habits and rituals and lifestyle and things that I just don't even think are hard for should be hard for people can be some of the biggest hurdles to get over. Um, and even when we're talking about just being able to make and prioritize eating healthy food and well-balanced meals, but actually what that takes to physically achieve that sometimes for people is a whole process on its own. Um, what I've been doing a lot with clients over the last few months and is um, kind of like I did some, and again, I'm totally not a psychologist at all, but just starting to learn some of the foundations because I realized that there's this massive gap um, with some of my clients in terms of it's so easy for me to tell some clients to do X, Y, and Z, and they just do it, and that's easy, and then we move on to the next thing. But I do have this this handful of clients that they really struggle just with prioritizing to make breakfast every day. So instead of me just Mm -hmm. telling them what to eat, we sit there and we work through a process kind of similar to like motivational interviewing um, in, in what, what is stopping them from doing that every day and how can we actually action that for them? Mm. And so sometimes what we're doing is we're literally just going for the next two weeks, I want you to focus on breakfast and then I want you to focus on lunch. And we slowly over a six to eight week period start to build those foundations mm. in. And I explain to my clients, I'm like, this is, this is not a, this is not a diet. Like this is the other thing too, is shifting people's mindsets around what we're actually trying to achieve here. Cause I think, a lot of people, there's a lot of resistance to being healthy and that's obviously where self-sabotage can come in. And I think most people genuinely want to be healthy and they want these adaptations in their lifestyle. But for whatever reasons, a lot of the time, there's still that mental resistance. Even they booked a consultation and they paid the money and they bought the supplements, Mm. there's still something really holding them back. Um, So sometimes getting into that and breaking it down, sometimes telling them to go and see a psychologist, I think is a really good tool of working with someone who works in that space more to kind of unpack that. But I do think like I really take for granted myself how ingrained those healthy habits just from a food Mm. foundation point of view can be and how for some people they're actually really hard. So if you're one of those people that honestly hasn't even got the foundations of the eating right, understand that that is going to take time to work on. If you're super busy and this is not something that comes naturally to you, I'm going to get you writing a seven day food list, like, and get, or sorry, like a menu plan and actually mapping out and Mm. reminders for yourself of when you need to do food prep and, and, you know, daily task lists. And I know it all sounds really basic, but that's what a lot of people need to get started. And if you're in that camp, that's what you need to focus on first. You can't focus on having this fit athletic body in three months time Mm -hmm. because you haven't even got the foundations of food right yet. So and I know that's really hard for some people to hear because they come in and they're like, right, in 12 weeks I'm going to be, you know, I want to look like this or I want my gut fixed or I want this fixed and you've got 12 weeks. And I'm like, you need at least 12 months even to get mm. part of the way because <laughs> mm-hmm. we have some yeah. serious work to do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so well put and, 
and all of that, as you said, is is about creating new habits, like those really wonderful tools that you're using and just explaining there with clients, like what we're trying to do is we're, we're creating the habits, like those ingrained habits that you're not thinking about anymore, like you don't think about brushing your teeth at night or getting up in the morning and um, doing your your morning coffee or whatever it is like this this just becomes so ingrained as a habit that you don't think about it that's where it's that like foundation that we talk about that's just there it's holding up the house you can't see it you're not thinking about it Um, but you have to create that and for a lot of people like you said like we we are constantly challenged all the time with this as easy as it sounds it can actually be really hard for people just to spend the time um, here alone and and create this as a habit where they're no longer, um, which we'll talk about as we move through further, um, kind of coming in and out of it or um, that classic analogy of falling on and off the wagon or um, having a sort of poor relationship with it. So it's just... It's just it cannot be emphasised enough how important this is. And if people want to know more about macros and what we're talking about here, we've got so many back catalogue podcasts. We can pop those in the show notes where we break down macros. We talk about the importance of protein. Mm. We've got a whole bloody um, podcast on water and the importance of water. We've got them on, on movement. Like these are your foundational podcasts that you want to be jamming in your ears and, and getting familiar with <laughs> if you're yeah. unsure. Yeah. And I also think too, I'm like, I feel like it's probably going to be like, hopefully not too many harsh truth bombs in this podcast, but <laughs> do, <laughs> we both laugh, do this for yourself. Do it. If there's anything you do for yourself, it is prioritize your health. No one else can do it for you. Um, and don't, and just cut the excuses. Like ge- there are some genuine reasons and genuine roadblocks to health, and I totally understand that. But there's also some really piss poor excuses, and um, I am I don't love excuses because you know, like I I just think all of us are working really hard, and all of us have got a million things going on in our personal lives, our professional lives, our family lives, all of that stuff. But if you want to make it a priority, you will end of story that's just the way I feel about it and it doesn't have to be something flash and fancy but if you say to yourself all I want to do for the next three months is prioritize eating well you will do that if you genuinely want to do it you will and it doesn't doesn't have to be anything fancy you can work with someone like us or another practitioner that you resonate with whatever it may be or just but start putting into small you know into your space the time and space to make these small changes and if you genuinely want to make it happen you will find a way like eating well is not hard and I think that's what Mm. we need to pull away all the fluff of you know everything that needs to be fancy smancy with all the special powders and magic potions and elixirs and all the stuff that's on the market that you know you and I have talked about before that is totally fine but they're added extras they're not the foundations so don't focus on Mm. that (laughs) focus on yourself focus on doing this for yourself and just start making small changes and small changes are what become habit and eventually that becomes Mm. lifestyle and don't look at it like a punishment if you're eating healthy like that's I think another thing so many Mm. people there's this stigma around the way we all eat like you and I for example that we're on a diet we're not on a fucking diet we're eating healthy to live a long and healthy fucking life (laughs) this is a lifestyle change so so don't look at eating So don't look at eating healthy and making these beautiful changes for yourself and to nourish your body as a fucking chore. Like it's not. It is a beautiful thing. Like (laughs) I love feeding myself well. It is good. (laughs) So start like change your mindset around why you're doing it. I think can be a really valuable tool as well. So true. (laughs) And look, I think... (laughs) I think all of our other points today are going to feed into everything that you just brought up there because why these foundations, which are the core of everything, which, as you said, actually aren't hard. Like once you get them created as a habit, they're just easy. 
But we know that a lot of people find it hard to get to this point. And I believe, and I know you do too, that the other areas we're going to talk about today are why. And this is why we want to talk about them with people going into 2023 and thinking about, I'm going to get myself on, you know, on track this year. You really need to think about these these areas. So this second point is recognising self-sabotage behaviour and taking ownership. And this, yeah. as Carissa said, might push a few buttons, but, you, you know, this is what we're about is being honest. And we see this a lot with clients, more <laughs> than maybe you would think, because a lot of people have an ingrained self-sabotage um, behaviour around not only feeling well, but um, creating positivity, uh, in their in their life and believing that they they are a person who deserves to feel well mm. to feel happy and to feel that they can be grateful about that and this is where for us like we're not psychologists but after many years you know I don't know what it is between us, let's say 20, 25 years of clinical experience, <laughs> we see these patterns and they can be deeply, deeply ingrained where clients will come and they don't even know that they're doing this. And a big red flag that we see, and this might resonate with you listening, is a if I find with self-sabotage behavior is very all or nothing. So you're like saying to us, I'll do it all. Like, I don't care. Just like, I'll change everything. I'll do anything straight up. Like you just tell me, and you're, you're so committed for say a sort of six week period is kind of a classic. And then something, something happens. Like it might be, you go out on the weekend, there's a social event and you eat off plan inverted commas. And that becomes a catalyst for you to go, Oh, well, I've done it now. Like, what's the point? I knew I couldn't do this. Like it's very like, well, now it's like I've gone from the all to nothing. I'm like, I give up. And there's this also this story that comes with that as like, well, I, f- I failed. You know, I was, I thought I could, I-, I thought I could give it a go, but I failed. I always fail. Um, and there's this like relationship and this cycle of like being in it and then self that self-sabotage behavior that knocks you off it and I would also say with self-sabotage what we see is when you are feeling well you will beyond just the social occasion that comes along you will make a choice to do something that will make you feel shit you won't realize you're doing it but you have a choice in a lot of circumstances to go well I'm at, I'm going out to dinner or I'm going here. You can make choices that are going to be more favorable for you versus going, you know, stuff it. I'm just going to like do all of the things that I know make me feel unwell. And then because I feel really crappy and shit, I'm going to internally beat myself up and say, you failed, you're no good. And it's, you know, it's nasty. It's like this nasty self-talk and it's like a fear that people have embedded about like if I feel well like I'm gonna I don't deserve it essentially it's like this Mm -hmm. like I do not deserve to feel well like on the surface they want to it's like yeah of course I don't want to have a crappy gut and feel unwell and be in pain but there's a self-talk going on at a deeper level where it's like people don't think they actually deserve to feel well and it's Yep. It's really damaging. And I don't know, like, yeah, what you think as far as like people's awareness about this, but I feel like mm. a lot of people don't even know until they start to yep. work on their health. Yeah. And I want to, I 100% agree with that. And I also think there's so many different layers of self-sabotage too. And again, that's why we're not, psych- well, where we're not psychologists. And I 100% want to explain to people that healing and health is not fucking linear it's not this perfect smooth road where you jump on the Mm. x bandwagon and go 
my little cart's taken off and here I go cruising off into the sunset. It doesn't work like that. Health does not work like that. <laughs> Healing does not work like that. Expect that the road is going to be bumpy It's a, and that's totally cool. And expect that one of the wheels may yeah. fall off your wagon and that is totally cool as well. But be committed and be committed to the cause and be committed to calling yourself out on your own bullshit because that is one of the biggest things I think all of us need to learn. Like, I honestly do so much work on myself in that space. I definitely think I could be a queen, like probably was a queen self-sabotager back in the day. I've learned so much about my behaviors, my patterns, my triggers um, around food, around, you know, even just behavior in general. Like when you get on the journey of health and wanting to, you know, do better for yourself, it's not even just about food. Like it's definitely goes beyond that. But even if you just want to bring it in about food, like start identifying your your patterns and start looking at, and if you need to go and unpack that with a psychologist mm. or, you know, like a counselor who someone works in that space, then go and do it. Don't be ashamed to do it. Like just go and do it and work out, okay, well, when I do this, I feel this, or I, you know, act this way, why? And unpack that. And I do think you're a hundred percent right, Jess. Like I think there's such a deep in like ingrained feeling into people that if you really do unpack it up, like at a deep level, they people genuinely don't believe they deserve to feel well for whatever reason. And that's different for a lot Uh of people, like, but it Uh comes down to a lot of self-worth and not being able to prioritize yourself and your own health. And that's, that's a pretty big thing to acknowledge. Mm. Um, and it's not something you just get over mm. in a week. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's a massive thing. Exactly. And I think yeah, and I think working on cho- choosing choosing like health and choosing to look after yourself and then getting on that, you know, that that path, it's it's not gonna be linear. Don't, you know, choosing it is one thing, committing to it and long-term end-term game is another, and just sticking the path and knowing full well that. You're going to have hurdles. You're going to have days where you maybe weren't as impressed with yourself as you were the week before, but learn from that and work at how you can do it better next time. For sure. And yeah, as you said, it's, it's taking, it's taking ownership of that behavior. Like once it becomes apparent, which it can do when you are working on your health, it's, it's recognizing that behavior and taking ownership and not honestly like you said making making it an excuse or using excuses like it's it's very very powerful when you recognize that you're doing this and I've I can think of a couple of clients just this past 12 months who have been really um really upfront with themselves about recognizing this behavior and we've had some really raw honest conversations and I've been so freaking proud of how they've worked with this and um and some of some of these clients have actually got to the point where they have gone and stepped back from working on their gut and gone to a psychologist we've had that discussion about how we're we're not going to get any further until you deal with this pattern of behavior because you're just going round and round in cycles sabotaging yourself and I've just, I've said to the, a couple of people so many times, like, I just, I'm so, I find it very admirable and I'm, and I'm proud of them for doing that work because it's not easy. It's really confronting and you know, it's, it's easier to stick your head in the sand about it and make excuses and, and, yeah. and not really deal with the, the, the issues that are going on. I, th- I feel like another one is blaming other people. Like I've got, I've got a few clients and I've had this conversation with them, obviously in such a nicely treading way, but where they're really angry at other people about their situation. And I'm like, that's cool. I get that Mm. this is really shit and X, Y, and Z have led you to here. I said, but now you're in this moment and you can only go Mm. forward from here. We can't go back and change the past. So if we peel all of that stuff away, what, what small things can we start doing now? that can actually, you know, Mm. put you back onto this path or help you get to where you want to go. Like, I think a big thing too, sometimes, um, I know you're the same, like some of our clients have been through the freaking ringer with their health or Mm. their circumstances that have led to their big health event and why they booked in. And I totally, totally understand that there's, there's so much, um, emotion and anger sometimes pent up in their health presentation, but you got to work on that too, because if you, you can yeah. do all the gut testing or do all the hormone testing, 
and all the exercise and food stuff under the sun. But if you're holding onto this tight little stress ball of anger that you can't let go, oh. that is going to just feed an ill health presentation. So I agree, like my clients that acknowledge that and they're like, I'm going to go do this other work. They're the ones that I'm just like, good on you. <laughs> Let's do it all. <laughs> like it's, but it is, it's like what, recognizing that and acknowledging it is, is big for people. And then actually taking the steps to start huge. working on it. Is huge. Now the third point is something you also mentioned earlier and it's putting yourself first as a priority. This is epic <laughs> and we do see this if we had to stereotype probably more with women than with men mm. and particularly uh, mums and um, women who are essentially feeling like they're running a household and they're often putting themselves at the bottom of the pile. But it's not always that. It, anyone can have the potential to do this in whether they're in a relationship or even if they're living by themselves, it is a behaviour that can be a real undoing. And when you, we're talking about prioritising your health in 2023, this is about prioritising yourself. If you can make you a priority and understand that you deserve to be a priority, and this is sort of tied into what we're talking about as far as self-sabotage, if you allow yourself to be at the top of the pile and look after yourself and don't particularly women associating this with being selfish in a bad way like we want to encourage you to be selfish in a good way because when you fill you your cup first and you feel well it resonates with those around you you're a better friend you're a better partner you're a better mother you're mm. you are going to be a better person all round and this is a really common area, again, where we see a lot of excuses as far as why people will say, I can't do it because of my partner um, doesn't like this for dinner or my kids won't eat this, so I can't make that for dinner or like, <laughs> I mean, they, they, just, they just keep coming. And we understand that's our job. That's our job to work with you. And as Crystal was saying about even with the foundational stuff earlier, like actually going, right, well, let's sit down and look at the blocks, talk this through and figure out what can happen. And I, again, I can think of some examples of clients where um, a lady, a mother was for months, like struggling with the dinner and eating things that didn't work for her and just not getting where she needed to be with her gut because she was every night or every second night, she was eating things that were really creating a lot of inflammation. And then it was like through the conversations and the talk, it was finally something that like a switch went, which was like, what am I, what am I doing? Like my kids are fussy. This one doesn't like that. That one doesn't like that. Like even when I put all this time into making these meals or sometimes separate meals for these kids, they're still complaining. Like, why don't I just cook what I need and then just put that on the table and then they can just eat it. And what they donate, that don't eat, they won't eat because that's what they're already doing anyway. And essentially she had this like moment of like, why aren't I prioritizing myself? Like, what am I doing? Um, and it's just a huge area. And honestly, like Carissa said earlier, if you're not a priority in your own life, where do you go from there? Like, you're just kind of setting yourself up for fail, which is a harsh, I guess, truth bomb, but that's what this is about. Yeah. And I also think like exactly that, like sometimes going, you know, that I, I can't, that's that classic saying like, I can't remember what it is now, but um, just making doing the same thing over and over and again, expecting a different result, whatever that amazing saying is, but yes. it's really good. Like if, yep. if you're doing something and it, you're doing it repetitively and it's not working, don't expect that it's one day going to work. Like exactly right. If yep. dinner for you is your little point where you're just like, I just don't have time to make myself a, a dinner that needs to be like gluten-free or high protein or, you know, more fiber, all of this, like, work out again I love like the roadblock but what is stopping that happening and how can you mm. change that like one of the biggest things is like and I know we we live in the you know the we're 2022 going to 2023 and it's all about like equality and relationships and all of this but I still know there's 
you know, I reckon out of my client, my female client demographic, the women are still solely relied on for most of the cooking and food and, mm. you know, and meal prep and all of that. And I know that's not the case in every household, but for a lot of households, it is still that. And that's obviously up to wherever you're at and where you want to change that. But it, even taking that out of it, like teach your partner to cook. If he doesn't cook or he doesn't mm. like what you cook or, you know, or she or whoever it may be, or your kids, if they're old enough, I say this to my client, if you've got a 20 and a 22 year old kid at home, why can't they cook? Why can't they cook two nights a week? Mm. You know what I mean? Like there's all these things like, oh, I've just never had that conversation. Have the conversation. Do you know what I mean? Or mm. if you're getting home late for work three nights a week, but your husband's home and, and you say to me, like my, some of my clients say to me, oh yeah, he just, he doesn't know how to cook. I'm like, can you put a piece of meat on the barbecue? Oh yeah, he loves barbecuing. Give him a basic bitch salad to make or make it the night before and then all he has to do is cook some chicken on the barbecue so when you come home, food is done. Like I know sometimes having the conversation is really scary because sometimes just even unpacking that means you're asking for help and that's not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of, you know, self-prioritizing and, and you know, trying to make your life easier. And I think as women, again, particularly, and that's just because that, that's our demographic. I know we could unpack this on a totally different page for men, but we think we need to do it all as a sign of, mm. you know, like we've got this. And if we yes. ask for help or we reach out, we reach out somewhere or we just say, my load is too big right now. I'm not coping that that's a sign we're not doing our jobs well enough. And that's crap. That's like so there's, no, <laughs> there's nothing mm. wrong with that. Like I know with Mick, like I hate coming home at 7.30 at night and being stressed about what I have to cook. Now, me 10 years ago would have come home, been stressed, thrown some meals together, had had the shits, yelled at Greg, my ex-partner. No, actually not even yelled at him, just internalized that and felt really mm. angry and resentful that mm. I had to cook. And he had he was sitting on the couch watching TV, even though he'd worked a whole day as well. So and so what I've learned from that now is that and what I take into this relationship and this time of my life is I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to come home and feel like cooking's mm. a chore. So what was my roadblock? Okay, I don't like asking for help because I like to be the person that cooks. You know what? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> if Mick yeah. can cook a meal, it might not be my meal. I've let go of control of the perfectionism that's in food, right? And just gone, babe, I need you to cook three nights a week. And he's like, cool, Absolutely. what can I cook? And I show him what to cook. I've, I've shown him how to cook salmon. He's not stupid. He knows how to cook. He just needs to be shown how to cook the way I like things. <laughs> Yeah. And so now he knows, and it's not hard stuff. Like he knows how to cook veggies on a stove, not boil the shit out of them, do wilted greens, cook some salmon, cook some steak, make gluten-free burgers. Like we've got a repertoire of meals between us now that if he knows I'm coming home late, he doesn't even need to ask what to cook. He just knows that he's got his set go-to meals that I enjoy, he enjoys, and they work. So. You know, asking for that little bit of help from your partner who loves you, I, sh I don't think is going to be like a, a big no. thing, but I think sometimes there's, you know, and if you give them the why, that's the other thing too. Like I say to a lot of my clients, like just have the conversation. The other thing too, I know sometimes is partners thinking they're helping you by bringing home the block of chocolate or bringing home the bottle of wine and just saying to them, I'm trying to look after myself right now. I need this amount of time in the evening. I need you to cook because it's really important for my mental health and what I'm trying to achieve. No one's going to turn around and go, oh, fuck yeah, I'm not helping. <laughs> so true. <laughs> You're on your own, bitch. No one's going to say that. <laughs> so true. You know the other thing he mentioned which in what you are saying, which I think is a huge part of that too, is the control factor. Yeah, like with with this kind of behaviour, particularly stereotypically, again, I'd say it's more of, of a female trait in a, in a home environment and um, it's about that control of like, in, you know, you definitely agree with like women the, being wanting, feeling like they have to do it all and feeling that pressure on their shoulders, but also control that it's got to be done a certain way. It's like that you know, complaining, complaining about the fact your partner never does the dishes or puts, does the washing or whatever. But then it's like, but you just do it anyway. Cause you're like, well, I think the dishes have to be stacked this way or the washing has to be done this way or the food has to be cooked this way. It's like, you have to let go of that control. You can't, you, mm. like you said, with the meals, I'm like that with Damien. It's like, he's not going to cook food and make meals the way that I would. That doesn't matter. Like, why would I put the pressure on myself 
And why should I, like this is a 50-50 relationship, Mm. why should I be doing everything? That's not fair. So stop like trying to like hold on to that control all the time and and let go and just ask, as you said, like, and people don't know unless you ask instead of just like not, again, yeah, not wanting to ask for help or not saying anything. Like your partner or the people in your lives, they do not know unless you ask and you tell them. And, yeah, yep. if you don't, if you do get the answer <laughs> to the degree <laughs> of what Chris was saying, then you probably need to rethink your relationship. <laughs> Or maybe both of you need to be doing a lot of work. I And every relationship is so different. Like, you know, every relationship, you know, has their different dynamics and how they work. Um, and some people are just like, look, I'm happy to cook, but my partner does all the cleaning up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if that works for you, yeah. that's great. I've got another I've got another client who I chatted with this week. She's absolutely gorgeous. She's a cracker. Her partner, she made a wager. She makes wages with her partner, like just to keep her mm-hmm. motivated on track to do x y and z so like she knows she has to hit x amount of steps per day because that's what she's agreed on (laughs) she's very money motivated she's found out if she doesn't do it she has to pay her partner x amount of dollars and even though she knows that her partner i said (laughs) hilarious right but so good like she's like it's working for me and i said look in fairness your partner will probably she'll probably just funnel that back into you some way do you know what i mean (laughs) and then you know because right, that's what you do in any relationship, right? Like if I yeah. made that wager with Mick, I know he wouldn't go and pocket the, you know, the 500 bucks or whatever it is <laughs> and just go, oh, see ya. He'd find, say, he'd probably go and buy me a, a garment with it or something like that to motivate me further. But <laughs> that's what works for them. And so, you know, it's just, and making it fun. Like I think, you know, like just letting go again, the control, the seriousness around everything having to be perfect and all of this. Like if you're, mm. yeah, I just think have the chats with your partner, go, this is what I'm trying to work on. You know, and just yeah, be really open and honest about what you what you want and what you're trying to achieve, and then sit down. You're a team, like sit down as a team or as a family, and go like, there's nothing wrong even with sitting down with your kids and going like, one of my girlfriends does this, and she's so open with her kids, and I love that she doesn't sit there and internalize it all and try and be this perfect mom who you know has a shit together all the time. She sits down with her husband and her kids, and she's like, I am not coping mentally right now. I've got too much on my shoulders. This is going on. This is how I'm feeling. And I need your help from all of you as to how we're going to make this work better. Like who's willing to help me and what can we do? And her kids are nine and 11. So powerful. That's amazing. So powerful. Like she just says, I'm not coping right now. She's so onto her mental health. She's worked so hard to get to where she is. But she, like all of us, is struggling at the moment like 2022 has been a freaking big year for a lot of people and you know we're having this conversation the other day and she literally she's like I just sit down with them now all of them as a family and go what are we going to do to get along more and stop you fighting with your sister and to make healthier meals happen and to take the pressure off my shoulder so I'm not angry at you girls at the moment like what what do we need to do Mm. and I think that like is a really powerful thing like just saying I'm not okay and I need help and how can we work this out as a family yeah yeah wow so our next point again is very entwined but definitely requires I think a bit of fleshing out and this is establishing self-confidence in your choices so I feel like this is very very much about also the confidence that you need to make yourself a priority but I I think of this point also at this time of the year uh, heavily but definitely as something you need to have in check to make your health a priority actually a lot to do with being out and about socially with family and being comfortable and confident in the choices that you need so at the moment we're seeing a lot of this because everyone's got Christmas parties and family events and doing a lot more and we can get in our head and again, not make ourselves a priority and not have the confidence to speak up for what we need and be so afraid to just ask some simple questions. If it's at a restaurant, if it might be about a dietary uh, request that you need, which every restaurant and every cafe is more than able to help with these days. Absolutely. If it's going to a social function, whether it's work or family like making yourself a priority and just asking before you go or we've talked about this in lives like it might be saying you know like I I need to eat 
gluten-free? Um, do you mind if I bring myself, oh, I'm going to bring along a salad or I'm going to bring along a dessert? Mm. Like it's, it's having that confidence to ask and to have those conversations. And I find a lot of people will cower in this area and they will not say anything and then suffer the consequences because they're too mm. afraid to make a make a show or a spectacle which it never is it's just how we get in our own heads about um or put anyone else out which is again very stereotypical female behavior of like oh i don't sorry sorry like how many times do you have to play freaking sorry (laughs) and apologize for existing (laughs) (laughs) sorry oh god sorry sorry (laughs) you know like it's just that empowerment again of just going I'm going to ask because if you have like a lot of people through particularly Christmas and into the new year a lot socially going on if 80% of the time to feed into the live that Chris and Michaela did today you mm. have you've got that confidence just to go I'm going to ask I'm going to make these simple choices and 20% of the time might be a little bit more lax, I can tell you that your health is going to be in a better place because of that as opposed to just every single time you're in a place where you need to voice yourself and have a bit of confidence and not doing so, you just keep getting set back and back. So I yeah. just, this this one again, I obviously feel passionate about because I feel like we see it a lot with clients. Yeah, I 100% agree. I actually said to one of my clients this week, and obviously, you know, like it's it's so down to the client that you're talking to how frank you can be in conversations because, you know, some of my clients definitely can't hear things on some of the ways that I deliver things in podcasts and stuff like that. But I've got a lot of clients that can hear things like straight direct mm. from my mouth at the level that I deliver it. And this guy... <laughs> And one of my clients this week, we were actually having that conversation. And I said, I just feel like that right there that you said is this simple. You either prioritize yourself and you feel good or you prioritize others and you feel shit. What do you want to do? Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, gluten makes you feel shit. You know, eating too much sugar makes you feel shit. You know, or, you know, whatever it might be that you don't feel like you have the confidence to step up and ask for. So you just, Mm. it's literally that black and white to me. Like I know, and again, I know. I'm at a different stage of my health journey to other people. So it's so easy for me to sit on this side and go, I just asked that now, but you know, and I know it was a journey for me to ask that as well with my family and things like that. But now I'm just like, again, it's about, I just prioritize how I feel. And if that something mm. makes me feel crap, I'm okay to say that and just go, I don't want to eat that. It doesn't agree with me. So I'll, can we please do mm. this? Or I'll just bring some of my own food along. I hope that doesn't offend you, but <laughs> I don't yeah, want to eat the exactly. white bread rolls and this, I'm just going to bring my gluten-free bread rolls. And yeah. You know, and have and that no one cares. And that's no one gives a fuck. <laughs> no, nah, exactly. That's it. it. Was stories that we tell ourselves in our head, we just like hype it all up. No one cares. The waiter at the restaurant, they don't care when you're just like asking about a meal and the menu. Maybe the menu's not coded with GFDF, and you're just like, you know, oh, can you just guide me in the direction of what to be a good gluten free choice or you know, I can't have, I, I need to avoid dairy, you know, can you, they, that's part of their job. They love it. So, yeah. And if they don't well, love I think it, most don't people love it. <laughs> they, yeah. So yeah, I just, th- this is a big one. It is very intertwined with obviously making yourself a priority. Um, and I think when there's a lack of confidence, that's obviously a big part of how we can get caught in self-sabotage as well. So they're very integrated, but they all have their own area too, because, um, this this alone, like you, you can you can have the intentions of making yourself a priority, and you're you're good at doing that in your own home, for instance. And you may not have that self sabotage tendencies, but you may lack that innate confidence. And maybe sometimes that's because this is new. We see that a lot with clients, like they're new mm-hmm. to it, and they're not used to asking and being that person that they sort of feel like they're being in their mind so it's it's sometimes it's like a muscle that they're needing to kind of build up and flex a bit and get used to being like oh this is also part of it this is just like being all right with um asking and and building up that confidence like building up getting on a stage and talking public yeah I also think too, like um, some of the tools that I work with my clients on in that space is doing your research. And I mean that in the sense that beyond Christmas, like Christmas is a little, can be a little bit easier to navigate because you're usually with family. So you can usually either have 
a some sort of input into what's going to be available food wise and Mickey and I chatted about this on our live today like I know that I'm a bit of a food Nazi. I know that I like to eat a certain way even on Christmas Day. So therefore I have a lot of, um, you know, I don't mind assuming some of the role um, and involvement with the food on Christmas Day or bringing some of my own stuff along. So that for me is just a way that I can still enjoy what I eat and still know that there's other options mm. and stuff. But, you know, so like bringing a gluten-free pasta salad instead of an, instead of someone else making a normal pasta salad or taking my own bread roll. So that's that's all good, you know, when you're eating at other people's places um, and just communicating openly with your requirements versus how that can work in a big social setting. But even with traveling and things like that, like in holidays and stuff, like I talk to my clients a lot yeah. about, because, you know, obviously gluten-free, like if you're, if you've just found out you've got celiac disease or you just don't want to eat gluten, you really want to maintain that while you're traveling. Like, do your research about where you're going. If you're going on holidays, pre-plan a menu and take some of your own food into the apartment or the camping place or the resort, like wherever you're going. So you know that you've got, you've got options there. And again, that's just all a bit of pre-planning, self-prioritizing again, but mm, even traveling, exactly. like just under, understanding your cuisine, where you're going to be, learn to speak a bit of the local language, have a language card, like, sorry, like a interpretation card. If there's certain dietary requirements that you want and you're shit scared about going to Japan and you definitely don't want to be consuming a shit ton of um, gluten or MSG in a sauce or something, just get a language card for that so you can show it to waiters at a restaurant. Like there's so many mm. tools in terms of being making your you know your health journey I keep saying that word but just your your lifestyle change and what you're trying to achieve like quite easy for you it's just doing the sometimes the prep work for that as well and that can just make the whole process that could be really stressful actually so easy to navigate yeah for sure so our last point is it's a biggie and it's a good one to wrap it up with is when it comes to really prioritizing your health and and getting real about it is allowing realistic time frames for making what we are all about at JCN is long-lasting change, creating habits, change for life, allowing the time frame that is needed and not falling into this kind of quick fix um, approach like Carissa said earlier like I'm here I've got 12 weeks fix my gut or I'm here I've got 12 weeks I want to lose 30 kilos like I'm here I've got three weeks and I've got endometriosis and I want my periods fixed like realistic time frames when it comes to health are really important because if you come into working on your health when you need to we said earlier with the foundations like you haven't even spent time there with creating good foundations and you know that some of these other things we're talking about are kind of part of your internal dialogue then there is a lot of work you need to do already and time that needs to be spent here and also if you have ongoing health issues which most of our clients do that come to the clinic um, for years and years and sometimes decades and decades, then this is something that will take time. We have to work through this in a process that is working with laying foundations, creating new habits, working through some of these mental and emotional challenges. On top of that, is the work that we would specifically be doing if it is for your gut, if it is for your hormones. But if it was this clear cut, (laughs) as you just come in like a robot, we do a gut test, we treat your gut, um, you do everything perfectly for the next three to six months, and then we say goodbye. I mean, bloody hallelujah. But what happens and why we need realistic timeframes is life. There's stress Mm. there's families there's all the things we've talked about there's that that behavior that emotional self-sabotage behavior that you weren't even aware of until you started this there's the fact that every time that you are in a social situation that you keep eating things that are heavily inflaming you because you're like not confident to speak up you're realizing that prioritizing yourself is a problem it's it is complex And it is a beautiful thing that we love and we love seeing our clients move through the journey of getting to a long-lasting change, um, I guess, sort of plateau as such or um, reaching that that kind of peak of the mountain of where it's like 
you, you you're there like you've cre- you've created this like whole array of new habits and you know how to look after yourself and this is amazing like this is just maintenance and thus supporting you moving forward when needed but to get to that point it's a real it's a real time exchange and it can be a real dance of <laughs> ups and downs and Mm. I love like you were saying earlier about some of the analogies and like I love those memes that have just got the like crazy squiggly lines going all over the place as far as a health journey and they're coming out one end you know like there seems to be this expectation that it's like linear and our society is all about quick now why don't I feel better now like I started working on my gut it's been eight weeks and why am I still bloated it's been this or it's been that like it's you need to allow time and I feel like it's it's probably one again one of the harder things for people to come into working on their health with when they're all about gung-ho it's the first of January let's like go like a bullet a gate and let's get fixed Mm. (laughs) so just anything you'd like to add to that one I don't know if I do. I feel like you've just summed it up perfectly. No, I, I just, <laughs> I totally agree with all of that. I also would like to add that from our point as practitioners, like we, when you, when we first meet you, we only know what is on your form and we only mm. get to know you through this process as well. And, and even mm. though we are, guns at case taking and we are as perceptive as we can be and we take so much time we are still getting to know you and you as an individual and Mm. that is a learning process on its own because your normal is going to be different to the client before you's normal and all that and sometimes even just understanding that based on your stress your medication that you take Um, your level of gut dysfunction or nervous system dysregulation or all of these things, we don't actually sometimes know where we're, like we know where you're going and where we want to get you to, but establishing the learning about you as an individual happens along the way. And Mm. that can only happen through a time process and a series of, you know, hopefully mostly ups, but ups and downs, let's be realistic. And everything that we learn and everything that happens or doesn't happen teaches us more from a practitioner point of view about you and your body and how it responds as an individual. But then, you know, like there's sometimes are some really big, you know, um, shifts and changes about what you might have come in to see us for versus where you actually decide you want to be. So Mm. I think that is really important to know as well. And also what you come in with the expectation with on us as practitioners um, can sometimes be very high and understanding that it's not really up to us. We are your almost like your health guidance counsellors and your educators, um, but we can't do this work for you. We seriously are just here to give you our utmost attention and advice and you know guidance and help you along this path but essentially it does come down to you and when you need to bring other people into your team we will tell you that but having a team is a good thing we can't even as nutritionists do it all you need a good GP if you've got you know, like nervous system dysregulation, you might need a really good psychologist or psychiatrist as well. Like understanding that again, like this, it's a, it's a team effort. It's between me and you and the rest of your team and your family members helping or your partner helping. Like it's a, it's an all in process. (laughs) So true. And look, I think, I think just to sort of summarize it all, if you feel that next year or in general, whenever you listen to this podcast, you're <laughs> like, this is, this is what I want. Like I want to make these things a priority. I want to work on my health and like really work on this. The best thing you can do is to come along if it is with us or if it is with another practitioner and be upfront and real with yourself about these areas don't don't we don't expect you to be perfect at at these areas these are all something that a lot of people are struggling with but to be open and take ownership and to be um, in a really giving relationship with your practitioner where you can be honest and listen and learn about these areas as you move through and, and and move towards 
a healthier version of you is like the best thing you can do because we we know from clinical experience that if you are not dealing with these areas if they're a problem for you we we know that it is a constant challenge and like Carissa said we we can't do these things for you we can do a lot but at the end of the day we spend a short amount of time with you I said to a client the other week I'm like I can't be there at 5 30 in the morning when your alarm goes off yelling at your ear telling you to get up and she was like laughing going oh I wish you could and it's just like you know it's it's but that's that's the truth of it like it's her choice to get out of bed and to create new habits with what her goals were so you have to this is a relationship it's a it's a two-way street and I think if people go into working on their health and working with us or with a practitioner and they understand that and they're ready and they're like I'm going to be an open book and like let's do this like it can be amazing really amazing and really rewarding and there may be some mm. tears, but some happy, happy tears. <laughs> <laughs> true. So, so true. Ah, so that brings us to the end. Um, it may not have been what you thought when we talked about prioritising health in 2023. No juice fasts here. No detoxes, no. quick detoxes. <laughs> just, just real, real true information, the no, the no BS side of things. So yep. we hope I you liked like- it. Um, I was just saying as you were saying as we were talking, I was just kind of thinking of that saying, like, change your mindset, change your life. I feel like that's what our podcast has been on. It's none of this quick fix stuff. <laughs> like you really just gotta get in. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now we're we're gonna be taking a, a little break over Christmas and then we'll be back in the new year. We've got a lot of um, guests lined up for next year, which we're excited about. Um, we usually end our podcast with some recommendations um I don't know whether you've thought of your <laughs> I always say that to Chris I know she has a certain look on her face so the you know anything over the holiday season that's coming up but I guess you know I feel like we've said this a few times when it comes to recommendations we keep falling back onto what we've been watching but I you know I just like if anything just off the back of this just to and just the fact it is the end of the year, just to recommend that people just get some rest. It has been a big mm-hmm. year. It always is that feeling at the end of the year. I know I'll be doing it. Like it's, it can be a really busy time with family, but if you can carve out some time for whatever it is you enjoy doing, I know I'm going to be getting sun where I can. I'm going to be drinking lots of chai. I'm going to be buying some books that I've wanted to read. Like just yeah just try and recharge yourself and take this this time that can be really really busy to prioritize yourself and get some you time um yeah yeah, I don't know about you if you've got anything in particular that you wanted to um recommend probably mine's probably exactly the same like I just think been a big year Mm. it's been a big year for a lot of people everyone is tired um just I feel exactly the same way as you prioritize downtime rest reading books going for walks laying in the sun all the nice things that's pretty much what I'll be doing as well the sun (laughs) says the The sun bring on the sun (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I was saying on Sunday yeah Sunday I was in Brisbane in a pool And so like laying by a pool all day, like actually feeling like I was getting a little bit of a tan on um, my transparent skin. And then 24 hours later, it's like, oh, yeah, you burnt. I'm, <laughs> I'm back here, jumper, like freezing in front of the heater. It's just so bizarre. So, so bizarre. But yeah, I, just, I think I just... it's, it's going to be a really nice time for a break. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I just shake my head because I'm like, you willingly do that to yourself. <laughs> I'm like, I'm staying in Queensland, man. <laughs> Queensland, all the way. No, I, I, I so love it. It's just so, it's so fresh. Like when I, I find when I go up there now, I notice it even more. Like this, the humidity and like the, um, 
it's like there's that, I used to notice that when I went to Cairns, like it felt like there wasn't enough oxygen in the air and I find it really tiring. <laughs> I went for a walk one morning with, with Mel and we well, just walking up one of the bridges over the, um, over the Brisbane river. And I was, do- I was like, I feel like I can't breathe properly, but then I get back here and I'm like, ah, oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> it's that kind true. of crisp Victorian air, but I, I, you know, I'm, I was born in it. So I'm, I'm biased. Yeah, I'm biased to Queensland because I was born in it. Same, I just love it. Exactly. Take me to Cairns, take me to tropical North Queensland and give me a treehouse and a rainforest and I'll catch us all later. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, guys, heaps for being with us this year and even obviously prior if you have been. Um, if you wanted to do something for us as a Chrissy present, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes that would be amazing um, and as always you know if you can if share the podcast on your socials that just brings us a lot of joy too but we hope you have a bloody awesome holiday period new year uh, enjoy lots of delicious food we will be doing so and um, we'll absolutely look forward to having an amazing 2023 with lots of new topics, new guests, everything. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a great year, all the things. <laughs> all right, everyone, lots of love and we'll see you in 2023. See ya. Bye.